Bonsoir, Elliot. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Bonsoir, Elliot, our Mr. Robot podcast. I'm Alex, and with me as always is Josh. This week, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 11, Python PT1. If you haven't seen it, stop now, go watch it, and then come back. Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. All right, uh, so we don't have any announcements this week. We're just going to kind of get right into it. Um, I think the first thing that I want to talk about is Angela and White Rose. Um, So Angela is in a car. Uh, She's been kidnapped by the people that we saw on the, the train, and uh, she's taken to a house where she's interrogated by a little girl. Uh, and this entire scene is very weird and just kind of like almost trippy. Um, so I was wondering what you thought about it, Josh. Yeah, um, it was pretty neat. So, you know, the whole time that the, she's in the van with them, you know, they didn't bother blindfolding her so she can kind of see where she's going. Um but the people are just stone cold silent, which is, you know, kind of creepy. But, uh, you know, ultimately, it, it just, it seems odd. I'm sure you've seen Blade Runner, right? Yeah. So the way that she was seated across from that little girl reminded me a lot of um, the character Leon's interview from the beginning of Blade Runner. I don't know if you got that feel. Like where they're trying to figure out if he's a replicant or not. Right. Like with yeah. all the weird questions and stuff. Yeah, the the questions. So this is very interesting about this entire scene is that they, they kind of walk her through the house and we get this, like it's a very nice house. Um, and at first I thought that maybe it was, um, I didn't think it was White Rose. I thought maybe it, it was, um, ah, crap. Why am Price. I blanking on her name? Uh, Price or Joanna. Yeah. Um, so the, sty- thought- the style of the house, though, immediately screamed like white, white rose to me. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Like, the, like white, white white roses, feminine inside. Right, right, right. So the little girl interrogating her was weird for me because I almost thought this was a dream sequence. I, because- you're not the first person to say that. I had that conversation two or three times at work today. Because. <laughs> that girl looked a lot like adolescent Angela to me. Like that's like if you took Angela and just made her like, you know, a little girl. Yeah, that's so kind of what. I th- that's the exact same conversation I had like, with maybe two or three coworkers, especially whenever like the episode kicked off with the you know the lucid dreaming mind awake body asleep thing. Like, yeah, is this all just a dream? It's just weird. Um. I'm going to say it's not, but you never know. I, yeah, I don't think it is either. I just heard <laughs> the way it sort of played out. Like, I, uh, you know, eventually I kind of got the, got on board with that it wasn't. Um, the, the thing that's interesting there is, you know, the girl says, if you don't answer these questions, they're going to beat me and kind of shows her, you know, scars on her back. And right. Angela starts answering all the questions. And then like later, yeah, like immediately. Because um, why wouldn't she, right? Like she's like, okay, I don't definitely don't want to hurt this person. But, but like the thing that I thought was odd was that later White Rose is like, oh, this is just makeup, and like, you know, Angela is wearing makeup, 
like how does she not immediately get that i thought it was it was just like interesting to me yeah well especially the line that white rose says like it's either em- empathy or gullibility and like every time that right, angela yeah. asked white rose a question she kind of replied back with um two sides of a coin right empathy and gullibility and um you know oh you know this door stopped you and i love locks and i love doors and infinite possibilities and what's real and all this and then then it was like oh you were so lazy you didn't even try to open the door you know all that stuff it was just really kind of odd there was an interesting sort of uh, metaphysical conversation there too between Angela and White Rose about what's real, what's not. You know, have you ever tried to just? Do you ever think that you could just do something and make something be real by your the power of your imagination? Um, let me show you what I'm doing. Like, like, why didn't you? Like, you could have opened the door. Even the phone call kind of hints at that. Is the key in the room? Um, you know. Yeah. Even that kind of hints at the fact that maybe the door's not locked and maybe she's just locked in there because she made an assumption. Right. Um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting is that White Rose gives her 28 minutes, which is huge. I think that's the longest. Right. That's the longest uh, we've seen White Rose give anyone. Right? right. Yeah. And so like Elliot in season one, he got three minutes. Yeah. But yeah. Angela gets 28, which yeah. is pretty nutty. Um, so, you know, obviously – she keeps talking to Angela about how she is, um, you know, kind of a mystery to to her, and that, like, by her calculation, she should have been dead ninety days ago. And interesting enough, ninety days ago is the day after the hack. A lot of people might have figured out because of the date from Elliot's fax was like, um you know, nine, eight or something like that. And then like mm-hmm. 90 days before that or, or eight, eight, 90 days before that was like five, 10, like the day after the oh, five wow. attacks. Okay. So like that part was really interesting. Yeah. And then like, you know, Elliot uh, gets she also makes- it. and you know, she's like, what does this have to do with Elliot? Right. Cause at this point, Angela doesn't know that Elliot is like working with the dark army. Right. Well, I mean, Elliot doesn't even Angela, know he's working with the dark army. That's, that's true. Also, Angela probably doesn't even know that this white rose person is dark army. You know, she, right. she doesn't realize how deep she's that not rabbit privy hole to that goes. Right. Um, but she knows that white rose is involved in, with price. Right. Right. Um, there was an interesting moment where white rose uh, kind of says to Angela, what if I told you, that your dad, that your mom, and your and Elliot's dad. What if I told you that there was a good reason for it? That there, there yeah, was it was for a trade the for good, the better good. Yeah, need a sacrifice. I, I found that interesting. Like, it's gotta be that more is going on at that plant, um, right? Than meets the eye. And I swear to God, if it's Desmond pressing a button every hundred and eight minutes. Uh, it's gonna be. That would be sweet. Yeah. That'd be no. sick. I would you know you know how that would be top tier trolling. I that would be so much trolling, but do you know how much that would just make me want to watch the show more? <laughs> Dude, that would be such that would now be I'm trolling you. trolling. It would be great. Uh yeah. So but uh, and then you know the the exchange kind of flips to basically like I want you to drop your mission in exchange for your life. And it's like, 
what a powerful motivator fear is. Right. Yeah. But then flips it again to, I don't want your proof. I want your belief. Right. Which is again, strange. Cause then you see this, you know, shift in Angela from that moment on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll leave it at that for now. And uh, we're, we're probably going to circle back and touch back on this when we get to the end of the episode. Um, yeah. And we've got bits and bites from this section too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I do want to talk about Dom. So Dom, we see her in the hospital after the shooting. Uh, she's having, you know, some kind of uh, in, uh, basically interrogation. I'm assuming it's like the standard protocol for you've been in a shooting. We need to get in, get answers. She kind of freaks out a little bit and says, hey, you know, uh, we have to tell Comey this. Like, this is, this is an act of war. Right. Um, that stuff all seemed pretty standard fare to me. Uh, I didn't think that there was anything other than her boss is clearly like now he says, I agree with you, but we have to be careful about how we do things. Yeah. The, the great quote from him there was we have to um, learn to walk in between the lines and not on them. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's, it was really, really interesting because Dom knows what's going on. I think like she, she's, yeah, she's put enough to, of it together. Yeah. She's able to draw the lines between like the no interest, $2 trillion loan to fix this, you know, biggest global crisis ever. Right. Um, and, you know, she's able to draw those lines together. Yeah. Um, and then, so she basically gets told like, you can do the interview later, go home, get some rest. Uh, and this is a part that I thought that I actually do want to talk about because we've kind of speculated before, not even speculated, we talked about how Dom is kind of, she's putting on this face to the world of this sheer confidence um, and just sort of like absolute belief in what's right and doing what's right. But when she's alone, she's very you know, lonely. She depressed. is alone. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it kind of, this scene, the scene where she's alone in her apartment talking with Alexa it reminded me a lot of the first episode of the show where Elliot, you know, is huddled in his apartment and he says, what do normal people do when they feel this alone? Yeah. When they yeah. feel this sad and you when see like him, you know, doing morphine and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting. I thought this gave her character um, more depth, but also kind of made her character a mirror for Elliot in, in some ways. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying that for a while. Like I think that she is him expressed differently, like in terms right. of character, they're very much the same. They just go about their resolutions differently. Hers was to, you know, join, you know, the FBI and his was to just be a vigilante. Right. Yeah. So it's like the, it's like the difference between, um, you know, like, the Punisher and God, like somebody else, right? Like vigilante versus legitimate, um, maybe Captain America, right? So, right, yeah, yeah, um, something like that. Yeah. So the scene kind of, to me, it just I wanted to talk about it because it did hint a lot, or, or it did give us more insight into her character, and I thought it was really good character development. And I, I don't know, I felt for her in that moment. You know, I kind of that scene was was uh really powerful to me in terms of just fleshing out her character more yeah especially whenever you add in like the questions she was asking before like when is the end of the world 
yeah things like that it's like those aren't i mean they're they're questions that i would ask if i'd had a few too many shots and i was feeling funny like yeah (laughs) but like she's clearly on the verge of like yeah she's close to the edge and this this time she asks you know questions like alexa do you love me um it's it was a it was a really kind of intimate scene yeah are we friends which is so funny because it's that same thing too like where it i had a lot of blade runner thoughts going on whenever i saw this it's like you know are are the machines capable of love and that kind of thing right and uh you know that the interview scene kind of kicked the blade runner thing up for me and uh for anyone who hasn't seen blade runner it's a fantastic movie go see it um rent it download it get it however you need to but it's it's a fantastic movie yeah it's it definitely it's it's one of the top 10 sci-fi movies of all time yeah remake is coming out so then you can be a snob and be like i like the original better i mean yeah (laughs) hey look i'm sure that the remake of blade runner will be better than the remake of the goonies or total recall or oh god (laughs) (laughs) and poor colin farrell all right so uh we see a little bit of price uh playing up his e-coin strategy he's meeting with uh jack um who we think is uh probably secretary of treasury maybe i i don't know uh somebody important um who has the ability to either regulate or not regulate e-coin right Price is basically saying we want to be able to give people loans in ecoin and making ecoin uh, equal to the US dollar which would be huge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So and the, the, the you know they get a good dig this, on bitcoin it sounded like something that would come straight out of your mouth. <laughs> no, because they're doing the same thing. My problem with bitcoin is that it's not a currency. Um <laughs> that's the that's the line that gets us like a bunch of people talking shit on us. Um, all the Bitcoin people are going to be mad at me now. Um, but Ecoin is like, <laughs> Ecoin is uh, taking on Bitcoin in a way. They're trying to, to prevent, they want, they want to supersede it want because yeah. the, the quote is like, Bitcoin is spreading and it's unregulated. It's a nightmare. And we want eCoin because it'll be controlled by a good old-fashioned American company. And he's yeah. like, I'll give you back doors, side doors. You can regulate the shit out of it. Just don't stop it. Yeah. Just don't stop it. Yeah. yeah. And um, then it's so funny, too, because Jack Jack takes that personally. He's like, how long have you been working about me? Price is like, I don't give I don't a really shit about you. you. I actually don't have that as a grudge note. Just because yeah. you want. I do, too. It's great. I have the whole yeah. quote. Um, don't hold a grudge just because you lost. De- lost defeat can still be profitable. Yeah, oh, and it's, it's really awesome to watch Price kind of even play up. I mean, we've been saying this for a while that he's he's more and more turning into this like controlling dominant character, and he has been kind of from the beginning. We've we've always said from the moment that we met him, you know, in the recap, episode, more meets the eye. Yeah. We think that he's more involved than he lets on, and and this was played into that whole, like, I want to leave a legacy, the likes of which hasn't been seen since God created the world in his image. Like that whole line, that whole sentiment is just, it's dripping. 
off of this scene with narcissism yeah, yeah. um so i think we'll probably see a lot out of him in the next episode um for sure just because i think we're based on where we're at right now what's happening we're being led into kind of a, not a showdown necessarily but some something there with the e-coin strategy and something with with price versus dark army well they got they got their bailout so i think things between him and white rose are probably less tense except the but white I can't rose help, i can't help but get the feeling that white rose is still going to take him out at some point yeah so white white rose even says to him says about him to angela like he's screwing up my plans yeah he's like he's ruining um, our our relationship or whatever yeah uh so Let's get into Elliot, Mr. Robot, and Tyrell, and then we can come back and kind of talk about like the different forces at play between all these characters because I think that is the big thing that we learned. Like, the biggest thing that we saw in this episode was all of these forces leading up to the season finale, right? So yeah. let's, let's kind of talk about Elliot. You'd already mentioned Elliot goes to sleep and he does this lucid dream thing. Right. So that instantly right there should set off warning bells on every viewer's head of can we trust what we're about to be shown? The second part of that is, is the, is the lucid dream real time or is he just accessing a memory he wasn't present for before? Was this meeting with Tyrell one of Mr. Robot's previous meetings with Tyrell before Tyrell was right. quote-unquote killed? Because Tyrell's yeah. just kind of... The way he's acting isn't like everyone's looking for me, you know? Right. So, so the, that's one thing that's odd. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing for Tyrell that I thought was that Tyrell is very, like, if, I, you're right that we can't necessarily believe everything that we see, um, but there's there's a few things that I think kind of go along with that. The first one is, Elliot freaks out in the cab. So Elliot is following Mr. Robot to try and see where Mr. Robot is going. What did Mr. Robot find in the, in the house, in the apartment? Um, he's trying to figure all this stuff out. But when he goes to um, meet the, whoever it is at this cab, at this thing, he's following Mr. Robot and then gets in the cab. Tyrell gets in the cab. And that whole time, like Elliot's freaking out, you know, he's yelling at the cab driver, like, tell me, do you see someone sitting next to me or not? And the cab driver's like losing that? his Did mind. You hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Losing his People mind. People have translated that by the way. So if you want to know what the cab driver's saying, you can go to uh, the Mr. Robot subreddit. It's nothing amazing. It's, it's literally just straight translations. There's no hitting meaning there. Okay. What are the translations but, end up being like? Oh, like, you're crazy. This guy's crazy. What are you going on about? That kind of stuff. It, like, just screaming back at him. Like, typical New York cabbie stuff. I don't know if you've been in okay. a cab in New York, but they're so, all some degree of... Because I'm, I'm just curious if it's going to play into what I'm about to say, which is... Okay, fire away. <laughs> the cab driver doesn't necessarily give a response. Right. Like, he doesn't answer the question. So can we trust what's happening right now? Can we trust that Tyrell is even there? Can we trust that, right. uh, that Elliot's not losing all of this? Can we trust that we know who 
like who Tyrell is because Tyrell now knows who the Dark Army is. He says that. He says, I've been working with the Dark Army. Stage two is ready. Let's go see it. You know, and he's got this right. look of, of utter joy in his face and he starts walking off with Elliot. And like this entire thing was surreal. The whole episode to me was surreal. Yeah. So one thing that hints to it, maybe not being in real time, is that when Mr. Robot is breaking that cipher, it's on the laptop they bought at um, in the previous episode at Micro Center. It's not on Elliot's old machine, right? Yeah. So that's one thing. But we also, you know, you can't trust the visuals, but that's one little hint. Um, the other in- interesting thing is that the cabbie calls Elliot out by name whenever he first gets in. What, it, and yeah. You never get the answer, like, how do you know my name? Where'd you get my name from? Um, you don't get that either, right? So that part's a little weird. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we didn't really learn anything other than the fact that, hey, Tyrell is here, maybe, right? It's the first time we've seen him maybe in real life this season. Yeah. And if we believe him, like if we believe right. that he's been working with the Dark Army, um, that says a whole bunch of other stuff. Because whatever stage two is, and this is why um, I said we would kind of circle back on all of this stuff, is because whatever stage two is, obviously Tyrell and Elliot are going to go see stage two. White Rose seemingly convinces Angela that whatever she's doing is for the greater good and is worth it. And so whatever that is has to be, has to involve Elliot and state whatever stage two is and stage two we know is Elliot's plan. So all of these forces, like everything's being driven towards this conclusion of like all these people are going to be, kind of consolidating. And so some people think that the brownouts, blackouts have something to do with stage two. Um, because, you know, if that's a nuclear plant, it's probably a good chance it's a power plant, right? right. Um, so some people are, are saying that has something to do with it. Uh, some people think stage two is if you go back to the episode where um, – Elliot's having the Adderall-fueled dream sequence or whatever where he's thinking about, uh, you know, hope and what gives him hope. Um, and you see e, the E-Corp building crumbling in the background. Some people think that's stage two. Yeah. I don't know about either of those. I don't really have an opinion. Um, I, yeah, at, I at this point... I don't feel like I know enough to say anything about it. Yeah, I'm not gonna... Like, I don't really feel like speculating about what stage two is. Um, I just think that, that at this point we see all of the, like all of the plot lines are converging around this one point. So stage two is going to happen next episode. Um, we're at least that's what we're led to believe. I think this is working on too, is going to play into that. So it's possible like all of these storylines now you know, it's the end of a season. We're kind of seeing all of the stuff weave together. Um, right. And the only it's one of those things that, where they're... Go ahead. Uh, the other thing is that um, Joanna knows where Wellick is. He knows where Tyrell is. So even her storyline is kind of funneling into that. The only one that's not at this point is Dom, I feel like. 
Right. And and surprisingly, we also didn't see Darlene at all this episode, despite her name appearing in the description for the episode. Oh, did it? So that was kind of odd. I didn't realize that her name was in the description. That's interesting. It showed up, uh, at least on my dish dish DVR did. It said like yeah, Darlene is still in trouble, you know, and it was like, okay, well, that's odd, but you know, we don't so, need to have her in every episode, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of odd. Like you're starting to see things come together. And apparently last, last night's episode was supposed to um, air back to back with next week's episode, but they couldn't get the slot lined up correctly or something. So um, it could be that the pacing feels off because of that. Okay. But even this, the, this episode, I thought it wrapped up really well. Like it wrapped up as the cliffhanger right before a season finale, you know, like yeah, Elliot and Tyrell are walking off into, into, you know, what is it? Times well, Square? They, yeah. I mean, they pull the, the Casablanca quote, right? Uh, this right, is yeah. the start of a beautiful friendship, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was just weird. I don't know. Um, we did finally get some answers, right? And we've got a little bit of plot movement. I felt like we got more questions than answers. We got a lot of questions. But that's always the way it goes, right? Because like yeah. they're going to wrap up some storylines and they're going to open up new ones and continue existing ones. I was really disappointed, I will say, with this episode where I really wanted to see what White Rose was going to show to Angela. And I, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get to see that. I hope that when we either see stage two next episode or we see something fill in there. Yeah, stage um, two is just a pile of cocaine. That's why she looked all doped out when she went to her lawyer's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she looked like, um, you know, in Terminator 2, the T-1000 just has that dead stare the whole time. That's the stare she had when she opened the door. Like, and she was just standing there like, I don't want you to call me again. Here's a weird hug. <laughs> the look that I thought it looked like, I didn't look thought I didn't think it looked like that. I thought it looked like um it looked like that moment in certain sci-fi series where the character suddenly gets all of their power or all of their answers or all of you know and then just becomes like serenely aware of everything that's going on. And it seems Yeah, it's funny. It's funny that you say serene because my my uh note says here seems oddly at peace. Yeah. Like <laughs> she's she's totally at peace with everything that's happening. Um and it's it's kind of the same as um I would liken it to, you know, when when Neo realizes that, you know, he can control the matrix or when um, in Bioshock infinite, when um, uh, crap, what's her name? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah. Elizabeth realizes that she has all these powers. Like that moment where someone is just, they have all the answers. They have all of the power and they are just see what's about to happen. Right. Yeah. And that's the moment that I got from her. Just like this, this peaceful sort of calm. I know what's about to happen and it's going to be okay. Um, and what's, what's kind of neat about that is, is um, 
you know, we assume that if she gets given information that um, would make her feel at, at, at ease about the fact that, you know, her mother died, what would Elliot do if he had the same information and maybe he's already done it and doesn't remember um, and maybe you're seeing it doesn't remember it. And maybe you're seeing Mr. Robot act the way he is because he knows if Elliot like kind of gets closure, he goes away. Right. Right. Yeah. Or something, something to that extent. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see how all this all comes up. I'm glad they didn't pull um, a third alter ego thing. I really yeah. didn't want to see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I had for the straightforward story stuff. There's a ton of little references in this episode, which are great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, why, sure don't we'll we, yeah, why don't we kick off? Um, I mean, I think that's all I had. Um, do we want to do bits and bites first or we do we want to do what we're hoping for next episode? I think we've kind of covered what we're hoping for next episode. We're seeing all these storylines yeah. kind of come in. We, we kind of want to see what stage two is. That's been, I think the crux of this conversation so far. Um, so why don't yeah. we just get into bits and bites? So music, um, we got four songs from back to the future this episode, which happens to be Elliot's favorite movie. Just a, you know, interesting bit. Uh, we saw some really cool stuff on the Commodore, right? Oh man! Um, so in the game, yeah. the game that like Angela is—I say game, but like all the questions they were asking her. If you go to whoismrrobot.com, there is a Commodore, like a JavaScript-based Commodore emulator, and it, it accepts some standard-ish commands, and you can actually play the game that she played, which is really cool. Yeah, it, it's really, really cool. You should definitely check it out. We will put a link in the show notes for sure. Um, it's a lot of fun to play around with, so people should do that. Yeah, I know you You caught some stuff on the Commodore. You wanted yeah. to mention. Yeah, uh, I, I had like a real geek out moment, man. It took me back to 1994, five, four. I think it was 94 when Hackers came out. So there's a, a momentary just kind of glimpse of... Um, of the screen and on that screen there's like a list of all of the books from hackers so if you've seen hackers you know there's the scene where they're at the they're at the arcade they're kind of talking about all these books you know the pink shirt book guide to uh compiler design uh the ugly red book that won't fit on a shelf um the blue book the green book these are all like computer programming books in this movie um, and so i thought it was an awesome reference to hackers especially considering that the thing that you and i always say is that uh the show is kind of like hackers meets fight club. Um, so I thought that that was, that was like my big bits and bites. I was like, I nerded out for, I paused the, the episode and just kind of nerded <laughs> out. For a minute. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, the poster on the wall in the room that Angela's in says, hang in there. Um, if you go back to our podcast episode of uh, for the logic bomb episode, uh, I think I mentioned someone looking at the sound files and finding like steganography, like type type stuff hidden in there. And there was a hang in there kitten. Um, that was the poster. So like they were like hinting at some of this stuff pretty early. And it wasn't the first time they've done that. I've mentioned that right. uh, recently. Um, I mentioned the blade uh, blade runner stuff with the interview. Uh, one thing I felt <sighs> I mentioned it to you when we were chatting beforehand during the interview scene, there's a brief few frames 
when, or it might, it might even be more than a frame. It might be like 30 frames where the girl goes pixelated and it's not my recording. Um, other people have commented on it and it's not the broadcast because the logo from the carrier in the corner was completely clear. Um, or the USA logo or whatever. So that was really, really odd. Um, that's what made a lot of people think maybe this was part of the lucid dream. I okay. Um, we get our second Lolita reference. So the first one was obviously um, Darlene's uh, username in the IRC channel was Dolores Hayes, who is you know the main character in Lolita. And in this one, we get a, a Lolita is a book that's on the desk in the room during the interview. And that's where the, the phrase, the key was in my fist, my fist was in my pocket. That's a quote from the book. Um, if you've, it's, it's a book that's worth reading if you haven't read it. But that's the second reference to that, which was kind of neat. Um, we mentioned before that, you know, it was 90 days ago that Angela should have been killed or whatever. Uh, shout out to Signs and Wonders Reddit user, who was the one that posted the thread about that. Um, let's see, I've got two pages of notes here. Um, I really, really enjoyed the scene of Mr. Robot breaking down the shift cipher, the rot 13 cipher, um, and then like decoding it to get the phone number. Um, you know, we mentioned before that Alex and I used to work together and we had this, uh, coworker who, when they left, they left us a cipher to figure out. And, um, the cipher was very much similar to this. It was a Vignere cipher instead of a, a Rot 13 cipher. But uh, I I figured that cipher out in very much the same way that they did on the show. Like, oh, it's a shift, and then this is this, and then the cycles repeat, and that's how I knew it was a Vignere cipher. And, um, you know, I decoded it that way. And I used that same decode.org to translate the, uh, the code and things like that. So I, I found that part was really cool. Um, one other reference that people are saying uh, the Mr. Robot following scene was in the past was that the menu that the cipher was written on was the red wheelbarrow barbecue. And if you go back to like the first, second, third episode in that range, if you look at Elliot's notebook, what's written on the cover? Red wheelbarrow. So like that could be a reference to something that had already happened or where they needed to look for something. Mm -hmm. but um, you could also you could also interpret that as i mean obviously the cipher happened in the past that's why mr robot knew to go back there to find right it. right know? exactly so you can kind of read it either way you can read it either way it was an interesting um thing apparently the number that they get from that you can call it and there's just some miss the show related stuff from it i haven't called up my, my called it myself yet but um you know that's pretty cool uh some people said that when elliot's following mr robot um at the little swap meet um location that in one of the background scenes you can see colby passing by the front of him um and you oh, get really? a shot of like colby the back of his head and then also that there's like a vendor there and it's actually the guy that um runs the convenience store or ran the convenience store where dom was buying her sandwiches from so like he's just kind of in the background of a shot, which was um, interesting. Um, 
I already mentioned the Casablanca reference at the end. This is the start of a beautiful friendship um, between Tyrell and Elliot. Um, Reddit user Sir Black Phillips uh, has a really nice thread of unanswered questions, which I think is a great place to go and discuss things. Um, it's pretty succinct, and it's a good place to just get your stuff out before the finale and you know maybe make your predictions or um, throw some more unanswered questions in there. Or maybe you think something is unanswered, and it has been answered. Who knows? Um, so the other, other fun thing, it's not really a bit or a bite, and it's um, maybe something interesting. I was talking to a friend of ours, uh, Roger. Shout out, Roger. Um, and he was telling me about a theory of... Joanna's boyfriend, right, the, the bartender, uh, that they were setting him up for the murder of Sharon Knowles. And that's why she was dating him. So, like, if you go back, oh. he's the bartender at that party. So That's like, it really interesting. It places him at the party, right? So he's got the location. And then the fact that he's involved with somebody who – you know, it's framed with it or whatever. And like, she's just kind of like maybe guiding him towards being the fall guy. Right. Oh, so like a reverse framing, like yeah. he's like he, they're framing him to say that he was framing Tyrell. Right. Maybe. Okay. That's interesting. Some, that's yeah. Really it was pretty neat. Um, I, I like the theory. That's uh, a really honestly. good theory. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool at this point. I don't, I, I also don't care. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen Scott Knowles since, he burned all that cash in the park. So those were uh, kind of all my bits and bites. Again, I mentioned uh, that there's a, a Commodore 64 emulator at like who is Mr. Robot. Um, you can learn how to run the commands. It's basically like load, quote, land of Ecodelia, quote, comma, eight, comma, one. And then it'll like respond back with ready and then just type in run and you'll get to do the same questions that Angela did. Yeah. And we'll definitely, we'll include all that um, links for everything links for the Reddit post links for the Commodore 64 thing. That'll all be included in the show notes. Um, so you can check it out there. Um, and let us know what you think about any of this stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. You can uh, catch me on Twitter at the cult of chaos. Um, and I am on Twitter at Alex Shinoy. Uh, that's A-L-E-X-S-H-E-N-O-Y. Um, and then, yeah. So uh, before, uh, actually, before we wrap up, I do want to just like put out one crazy theory that the entire show is in Joanna's head. Um, what did you have for lunch today? And did any of it contain <laughs> mushrooms? <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, you know, I just... I just, I just want to make one like really bad, obviously incorrect theory. Um, but anyway, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, if you did, you uh, please share with your friends. Uh, you can follow us uh, on Twitter at Bonsoircast, um, and you can subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Until next week, Bonsoir. bonsoir. <laughs>